Welcome to CAE Pilot Podcast, a podcast that brings together aviation professionals to discuss life as a pilot, training, and career advice. You can find us at cae.com forward slash CAE Pilot dash podcast or subscribe to our show on your audio podcasting platform of choice. You can also find our video podcast on our YouTube channel. So welcome to the CAE Pilot Podcast, Julie. We're thrilled to have you with us today. Thank you very much, Patrick. Thanks for having me. And tell us, where are you uh, today? So I'm in Brussels in my apartment, enjoying my off days. And uh, it's beautiful summer day like it is here in Montreal, I hope. It's really hot already. <laughs> so well, let's get started. You're a cargo pilot um, and you um, actually graduated from uh, CAE. So tell us a little bit about uh, what drew you to become a pilot and uh, how you sort of went about making that dream come true. So I joined CAE flight school when I was 18 years old, right after high school, actually. And my whole family was pretty much involved in aviation my whole life. My dad, my mom, my grandparents, everyone except the dog. <laughs> so yeah, I've always been into aviation and I did a bit of uh, glider flying when I was 16 as well. So I guess that kind of helped. And so you... uh, I graduated, from, I'm sorry. I was going to say, you've always then been very focused on, you've always known what you wanted to do. Not really, but um, when I was 18, I thought, why not? You know, I've always been into it. And I actually never thought it was a job for me until I graduated from high school. And I had to find something to do, you know. And, and then I realized, oh, you know what? I could be a pilot as well. Why not? <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happened. And so you, you graduate from um, the Flight Academy, and what's the next step? What did, you, what did you do to sort of get to where you are now? So I graduated from C in 2013, and after a few months, I got an interview at a low-cost airline in Europe, and it went pretty quickly from there. I started working in June 2014, and I stayed in the same airline for four years. I was flying a 737 with passengers all around Europe. And then after four years, I thought it was time for something new. I've always wanted to try long haul. And I thought it was a good thing to start early. Because when you're a bit older, maybe you have a family, maybe you have kids, and you don't want to be away from home that much. So I gave it a try. And I got a job at a, a cargo airline in Europe as well. And I flew a 747, 400 and that all over the world, basically. And um, that's here I am now. And that must be like a dream come true to, to be flying the 747. It's incredible. I would have never thought when I finished CAE that I would be flying the 747 just a couple of years after I graduated. It went really quickly, actually. So you have an interesting perspective then because you've, done, you've been an airline pilot and now you're a cargo pilot. So that's going to lend itself well to our discussion because as you know, we're sort of in, a, in this series of podcasts talking to an airline pilot, a cargo pilot, and a uh, business aviation pilot just to show the differences that clearly exist and to dispel a few of the, uh, a few of the rumors or the, the stereotypes that exist about each type of pilot. Um, but before we do that, I want to ask you this. What is it that you love about your current job? 
I love that we go to so many different places and it's, it never gets boring because every flight is different. We fly to Asia during monsoon season. Uh, we do some short flights as well in Europe sometimes. We go to South America, we go to um, North America, pretty much everywhere. And also the operations that we do, it's quite varied because we could be flying almost empty and then the next day we would be uh, close to max landing weights. So it's, it's always different, always exciting. Sounds like you're a bit of an adventurer. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the opposite side of that, what do you find most challenging about uh, being a cargo pilot? I would say the disruptive schedules. It can be quite challenging, especially in the beginning. You have to get used to it. We sometimes find ourselves sleeping during the day and working at night. Um, but at least it doesn't stay like that for long. When you go home, you have plenty of off days to recover. So I'm not a 100% zombie when I go home, but it's quite hard. <laughs> you have to get used to it. And um, obviously a difficult time in aviation right now. Um, have you been flying throughout the crisis? Yes, I have. And it hasn't changed so much. I have to say the most difficult thing about the current situation is that in most places we go to, we have to stay inside, whether it's inside the hotel or sometimes we just have to stay inside the room and we're not even allowed to get out. So that's quite, it's quite hard, but hopefully it will be back to normal in a few weeks or months. It's probably the first time that anybody, any airline crew have hoped for short layovers in that case. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so what? Uh, so you said there hasn't been many changes in terms of uh, flying, um, but what I've what I've heard from other people is that it's very quiet in the sky right now. Oh yes, yeah, we're pretty much alone in the sky. In some places in the states, they still do some um, domestic flights, so it's not completely empty. But when you cross the Atlantic, you're completely alone. It's, uh, it's weird. It must weird be weird. Weird times we live in. The other thing I read the other day is that there, are, there were times, I believe it was last week or anyway, since the pandemic broke out, where Anchorage was the busiest airport <laughs> in the United States. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. Which is it's kind full of, of seven four sevens. <laughs> which is kind of funny, right? Like you would never think. I mean, it makes sense from a cargo standpoint, obviously, but it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's just interesting. And have you had the opportunity to fly relief supplies? Um, well, we don't always know exactly what we carry. I mean, unless it's dangerous good, then we know what's in there. So we do carry a lot of, um, I think, medical equipment and masks coming from um, Asia in general. But we bring it either to Europe or to the States. So... We just don't really see what's in there because it's packed in those big containers or boxes, you know. So. Right. I think that we get the impression that, you know, these relief flights, that such a big deal is made out of them. So we almost think that there's, you know, it's a big fanfare when the aircraft arrives. and oh, just um, a normal flight. Yeah. It's funny because the Antonov has arrived in Montreal. It's come to the 225 has come twice to Montreal. And it's in the news and everybody goes, well, which makes sense. But it's just funny because you get this impression that, oh, my God, there's like fireworks in a parade when the, when the aircraft I shows wish. up. <laughs> I wish there was a parade to welcome us every time we bring cargo somewhere. You know? <laughs> 
Um, before we before we get to some of these stereotypes and the, sort of the fun stuff, um, what would you say are the uh, biggest differences between being an airline pilot and a cargo pilot? I think it really depends on the company you work for. Um, because whether you fly low cost or just um, charter or cargo, it's, it's completely different. For me, the biggest difference has been that um, I don't sleep at home every night. I used to be home every night after my flight. So now I'm gone for a week, sometimes 10 days, sometimes more. I have to get used to that. But then once you go home, it's not just for a day. You're home for a week or more. So that's the biggest difference. So it's it a time away from home. It sounds like, uh, yeah, it's a bit more of an irregular schedule, I would imagine. Here, we'll get to some of the, the rumors, and I'll ask you these, and uh, you tell me what you think. You sort of answered this one already, the first one. Cargo pilots live a weird life where they live, uh, they live by night and sleep by day. 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do sleep a lot during the day when I'm uh, away on layovers just because we never get a chance to uh, completely acclimatize to the time zone we're in. Also, sometimes there's no point to try to um, sleep during the night if you're in Asia and you're just coming from Europe, you know, it's just not going to work. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, a question uh, that just pops to mind. Does does the cargo um, operation, is it scheduled or is it more like a private aviation that when everything is, when the aircraft is, uh, when all the cargo is loaded, it's uh, go when you're ready? It's a uh, 50-50. We do have scheduled flights and we also operate charter flights. Um but there is a big department in the company I work for called Network, and they change the flights constantly. It's uh, quite a difficult job because sometimes you have to carry cargo somewhere, and they tell you just before you go, oh, by the way, you're going to have to stop there before. So it's just constantly changing, and uh, we just have to adapt. Well, I think in aviation, adaptation is the first quality, right, that you have to have. <laughs> Be prepared for it not to go the way it was planned to go. Um, here's another one for you. Being a cargo pilot is boring because there's no passengers on board. Completely false. It's not boring at all. It's uh, actually very exciting. We have very varied operations and I don't miss the passengers too much. At least the boxes don't complain. Um, we also have very interesting cargo. Sometimes we have really nice cars. Sometimes we have live horses. So no, never gets boring. <laughs> when I was uh, when I was a flight attendant, we used to have seven forty seven combis, and uh, we'd sneak back sometimes. And we've had horses and cars, and yeah, it's uh, it's funny to see <laughs> sometimes these things that are on an airplane. Um, so I can appreciate that. It's very cool. Here's another one: cargo pilots work longer duty hours than other pilots. It's not true. We do have to comply to the same flight time limitations from EASA. However, with the kind of operations we do, it happens a lot that we fly with augmented crew. So we fly with three or four crew members and, and we have two or three sectors sometimes. So it can be very long, but I don't believe it's longer than in other airlines. You can have very long flight with passenger airlines as well. 
And I would imagine that you've got like a good crew rest area and everything on the aircraft, right? You've sure. The sleeping have, quarters and whatnot. We have two beds on board. Of course, it's a little bit noisy, so it's not the best place to get proper rest, but at least you can close your eyes for a little bit and, and get some rest. The craziest crew rest I've ever seen was uh, we had A340s at the airline I worked for, and it was a cargo pallet or a cargo container that had been converted into a caress so you went down <laughs> and it was uh it was weird but sleeping obviously is uh is important and a fun commodity to have um schedule and on-time departures are less important for cargo pilots as it doesn't matter as much with cargo True. 99% of the time it doesn't really matter you can be delayed by half an hour or three hours and it doesn't matter too much. Of course, it's going to be annoying for the next crew who will pick up the aircraft, but delays don't really matter. Unless you have live animals, then it's uh, something extra you have to uh, take care of, or maybe really urgent cargo, but it doesn't happen very often. And when you're carrying animals, do you carry grooms or how does that, how does that work? It's interesting because if you're carrying horses, for instance, and you're delayed, well, someone's got to feed them, I guess, or something has to happen to, to take care of them. How does that work? Yeah, exactly. We have to carry grooms. Um, the most horses I had on board, I think we had eight horses and two grooms so it gets a little bit busy especially on the upper deck you know because it's quite a small area and you have to share it with the grooms but it's always interesting to have those guys on board i guess that's part of the excitement right exactly uh, um cargo pilots don't wear their uniform as no one ever sees them true and false we still have to be in uniform when we start and finish the duty however when we have longer flights then it happens quite often that we would just change into maybe not pajamas, but more comfy clothes. And when I worked in business aviation, funnily enough, you would see some of the pilots, their, their principals insisted they wear jeans and T-shirts. And it's, <laughs> it's always interesting to see, to see that. So, but I guess when you're in the air, you have to, I mean, if you're going to be on a flight for what? How long? How, what's your longest flight? Maybe 12, 13 hours? Yeah, something like that. I mean, you have to be comfortable to do that. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want to wear my tie for 12 hours straight. It's too much. <laughs> Let me assure you, nobody wants to wear a tie for 12 <laughs> hours, no matter the circumstance. Um, cargo pilots are most uh, exposed to dangerous goods and radiation. We do carry a lot of dangerous goods that are not allowed to be carried by passenger aircrafts. And... Also, sometimes radioactive material, but I'm not too worried about that. Um, although we are exposed to more radiation when we fly higher and closer to the poles. Right. We do not always fly high because we're fairly heavy most of the time. So we fly a bit, little bit lower than um, passenger airlines. However, we have a lot of flights that go through um, high latitudes where we are more exposed to radiation. So. And so d yeah. does a cargo aircraft fly slower than a passenger aircraft? Slower. Yeah, I mean, does it take longer to get to destination because of weight? Maybe I'm asking a completely uh, no, stupid no. question. We usually we fly probably faster. Oh, yeah. Lower because we're heavy. Right. Makes sense. Okay, this one's a bit risque, so you can answer it or not. Um, cargo pilots have a, well, a girlfriend or a boyfriend at every port. 
Whose idea was this question? This is your friend. Uh, this is your friend Renault. This is not me. <laughs> well, I don't think so, unless my colleagues are hiding things from me, which is also <laughs> possible. But no, haven't noticed anything like that yet. So I spoke to Lilu. I don't know if you know Lilu. Anyway, yeah, I, uh, I spoke to her yesterday. She had exactly the same answer you did. Uh, really? So, yeah, I asked her. I said, well, do, um, do, is it true that all the crews flirt with each other? And she says, well, if they are, they're not flirting with me. So I thought it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll get to a better question now. Um, cargo pilots are, live like zombies during their days off and have very little social life. Um, that's false, not during the days off. I live like a zombie when I'm flying, but when I go home, it's quite easy to go back to a normal life and sleep during the night. It's not really a problem, especially if you're younger. I think if you get a bit older, you probably need more time to, um, to readapt. So an old, an old guy like me versus a young woman like you. <laughs> probably. I, that's, I hear what you're saying. It's okay. Um, but just to be clear, zombie in that you're tired during your layovers but when you're in the flight deck super focused right of course being cargo pilot is boring as you spend more than a week with the same crew no not really um it's not always true because you could be flying with a different um captain every flight although you're gone for 10 days or you could be flying with the exact same crew for 10 days it's always different and I have to say, I think it would be less boring to fly with the same person a couple of flights in a row because then you get to know the person and you don't have to do small talk, you know. Um, well, if you fly with a different guy, a different girl every time, you have to get to know the person. And in the beginning, you know, it's just small talk. Like, do you have a family? Do you have kids? And it's a bit annoying. It's better if you can get to know the person and, and have more fun probably. And I think uh, Eva was saying that she's had to fly with the same people during coronavirus. I don't like that they had pair, been paired up somehow, but that's not the case, mm -hmm. I guess. That you're, what are the health? Um, what are the health checks they're doing? Are they doing? Do you have to go through any additional health checks before you fly in terms of having your temperature taken or, you know, uh, checking for um, symptoms, etc. Well, we always have to self-monitor. If you have fever, if you feel a bit sick, um, then you're not supposed to go to work, obviously, especially now. But then it depends where you're going. For instance, um, in some places you are, you have to take your temperature twice before the flight and then once when you get there. And in some other places, they do it for you once you go through um, immigration at the airport some countries want you to fill out a health declaration so it's different everywhere mm. but uh i think i've i've been tested once but um i haven't heard anything so i guess it was negative <laughs> <laughs> and you, you were talking about your layovers before um so when you do have to spend your time in your room like like I've, I spent the past 10 weeks in my house and I'm going a bit crazy. I'm <laughs> very honest. Like I get excited when I have to go to the grocery store. How, like, what do you do with, I would imagine your layovers range in the 24 hour, 24 to 36 hour range. Um, what, like, what's it like to be, I know when I was a flight attendant, like I got to my room, I either took a nap and went out or just went out. So I, the thought of being in a hotel room for that long kind of freaks me out. Um, how do you deal with that? 
Well, first of all, it's not fun at all, but we don't really have a choice. So I try to plan my sleep a little bit if I can. Usually, you know more or less when you would be able to sleep. And then around my sleep schedule, I try to do some sports, maybe do some yoga. It's a bit cliche, but uh, I try to get moving a little bit. Otherwise, it's really, it's actually tiring just to, to sit or lay down the whole time when you have nothing to do. So it's, uh, it's good to get moving a little bit. It's funny, it's funny you should say that because the more I've spoken to people who have flown throughout, everyone's going through the same thing. Like many of my friends who, um, who, aren't, who either aren't flying right now or have jobs like I do, you know, we're at home, we should have, be cooking gourmet meals and we should be, the house should be perfect. And we're all like, you know what? Like, I just want to watch Netflix, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's funny <laughs> to hear that that sort of, I don't know if we're all tired of just the situation or if it's having, you know, it's weighing on us a little bit, but it's interesting to hear that it seems to be something that's pervasive throughout. It's, uh, anyway, I know we're all looking forward to this being long done. Being a cargo pilot is a lonely job. Well, not really. I have to say it depends um, of the crew that you are flying with. You could be really lonely and surrounded by 10 cabin crew, if you know what I mean. Or you yeah. can have a lot of fun with just one or two colleagues. So it depends what you like to do on your layover. Sometimes we, well, very often actually we used to go for dinner together. And the fun thing about cargo flying as well is that we have hubs like in Anchorage, for instance, where there are always colleagues, there's always one, two, three crews at the same time in Anchorage. So we, we meet for dinner or we meet for lunch or there's always something to do. But it's not too lonely. I don't really mind that. And would you say there's more camaraderie between, you know, cargo pilots or airline pilots in your experience? I think it's probably easier if you fly for a small company or, you know, everyone knows each other, but in the company I work for, there are more than 500 pilots. So oh, wow. maybe I've met 10% of the pilots. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it really depends. It's hard to say. Cargo pilots have visible tattoos. Do you have a tattoo? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do the people you fly no with idea. have lots of tattoos? I've never met anyone with a visible tattoo. So, I mean, not in, in my company, so I have no idea. I always thought in aviation it just wasn't a thing to have a visible tattoo. It just wasn't allowed. But maybe Probably things are not. changing. So that one's definitely false. Um, so we were talking about, uh, before we started, we were talking about uh, that uh, about 5% of pilots are women. Um, and is it true that there are even fewer women in cargo yes. flying? Absolutely. In my company, we are less than 3%. So that's really low compared to the average. And what does that mean for you? Like how, how, how are you received, uh, you know, coming into the company or when you fly with someone new and they, they see you for the first time? And is it like, what's that like? I think it doesn't really change anything. I haven't noticed any difference except that everyone remembers my name while I hardly remember people's names. It takes a while for me to remember, you know, all the colleagues' names. I usually, they know, oh, that's the girl. Yeah, I know her name. Right. Well, it's funny that's because, I mean, difference. what's interesting is that you're a trailblazer in a lot of ways, right? 
because you're to, to be three percent of anything is distinctive. So yeah, it's true. Um, and it's very nice, as I was telling you before, three of the four people we have done the podcast with have been women who are more or less at the start of their careers. So I think it's uh, it's it, to me it's wonderful. I think it's fantastic. Um. Okay, last one. Oh no, here. Uh, no, last, last, last uh, one for you. Cargo pilots only fly old airplanes. True and false. Um, in general, it's true because it's cheaper for most cargo companies. You know, um, they don't have to upgrade their aircraft with new passenger standards. If you know what I mean. So they usually end up with older aircraft. However. We have brand new 747-8s, so yeah, it really depends. I always found it funny. I was, I was on a delivery flight of a 777 at one time, and a new airplane have, actually has like a new car smell, which I, I don't know if you have the <laughs> same experience, but it's just you get on and it just feels crisp and clean, and uh, there's something... Very clean. Yeah. It's probably the only time it's ever going to be clean. <laughs> But I guess, too, a lot of cargo aircraft are converted airliners, right? So I don't know. Uh, so I guess that sort of adds to it. They've had an entire life uh, before they get to mm -hmm. they get converted. So you must fly some aircraft that are possibly even older than you. It's not the case for car for a company I work for, but for other airlines, probably. Uh, the, the aircraft that I did my fam flight on as a flight attendant was four years older than I was at the time. It was a DC-9. <laughs> so that'll tell you how long ago that was. Um, but uh, it's a bit crazy. So we were talking before a little bit of how it's a crazy time right now. And, you know, there's a lot of people. We went from a, from a, there's a shortage of pilots to, you know, we have a lot of pilots right now on furlough. We have pilots in our academies sort of sitting there saying, well, what's next for us? Um, what words of encouragement would you have for someone who's coming into the industry, um, who's sort of following the same dream you had of becoming a pilot, but who may have a bit more of a, a few more hurdles to, um, to jump before, you know, they're, they're in, the, in the seat of the aircraft they want to fly? I would tell them not to lose hope because it's, it's all about uh, being motivated, although, although you're not able to find a job right now it might come in, in a few months or in a few years from now it's always good to have a plan b as well and just always always keep your license valid even if you don't get a job right away it's really important to show your motivation and keep flying and if you had to sell the job of a cargo pilot to someone what would you say i think it's the best job in the world <laughs> don't, don't be afraid to try something because cargo flying can, it probably doesn't attract as many people as regular passenger flying or, or just regular long haul flying, but it's, it's a really fun job and don't be afraid to try it. And you will never know if you like it if you don't try it anyway. And finally, Julie, what's next for you? Well, I have another week of updates at home and then I will be gone on a probably a 10 day trip again probably around the world again so same same but different sounds very glamorous <laughs> not really <laughs> yeah, but okay if it's not glamorous i'm sure it's a lot of fun it is 
Julie, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the CAE Pilot Podcast. Um, you've been a great guest. We've learned a lot from you, and uh, we wish you happy flying. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed being here. And see you next time. CAE Pilot Podcast is brought to you by CAE, the global leader in training for the civil aviation, defense and security, and healthcare markets. For more information, check out CAE.com.